0: Log Talk Radio Grace Network. It is December 24th of 2023. This is the live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. We're going to count down from the end of the book of Revelation to the beginning today with our focus on the new earth prophecy. Specifically, what about the house of God? What about the the new Jerusalem where God the Father will dwell with Jesus Christ on the new earth. That's going to be our focus today, but we're going to count down from the end to the beginning of the book of Revelation, starting with part six. So by my analysis, uh, by the way, uh, this is Nicole, your book of Revelation research scientist. I am here on PGN, one of the PGN hosts, Every Sunday and every Thursday, we have the live Internet broadcast on Sundays at 12 noon Texas time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. And on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Texas time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Um, We're counting down today, counting down from the end of the book of Revelation to its beginning. By my analysis, there are six parts. Six parts uh, for the book of Revelation. That's important to know because to unlock its secrets, you need to know which part of the book that you are in. For example, the sixth part of the book of Revelation is its formal conclusion. Now, let's start there. In the formal conclusion, we will first hear what the words of the angel of the Lord, uh, what his words were immediately after he showed john the revelator 12 visions about the end times and those events that will follow so at the beginning of the book of revelation we learn that the revelation comes from god the father then it went to jesus christ the son of god god manifest in the flesh then jesus gave an instruction to an angel to share the book of Revelation, uh, to share information with John the Revelator. And then so the information goes from the angel of the Lord to John the Revelator. We learned that at the beginning of the book. So now we're counting down from the end to the beginning. Let's hear in the formal conclusion from three different parties. We're going to hear from this angel who shows John the Revelator the visions about the future, the prophecies, the moving pictures with sound, the documentaries, if you will, about future events. We're going to hear from that angel. What does he say about these prophecies? Then we're going to hear from Jesus Christ. What does he say? about the book of Revelation. Then we'll hear from John the Revelator. What does John the Revelator say? And then from that point forward, John and Jesus will chime in. In that way we have actually two narrators for the formal conclusion for the book of Revelation. This is going to help us to give context for what we're about to look at, which is the New Earth prophecy in part five. So this is how to make sense of the book of Revelation it's in its entirety, reading from Revelation chapter 22. Verses 6 to 21, this is the formal conclusion. Starting with, we're going to hear first from the angel of the Lord. He says, Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. So this is after... The angel has shown John 12 documentaries about the future in heaven. So after showing immediately after showing him these 12 documentaries, uh, John the Revelator writes down and says, Then the angel said to me, and then we heard what the angel said to him, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. So the angel said, John, these visions that I have shown you here in heaven, they are trustworthy and true. And I have been sent as an angel to tell the servants of the Lord what will happen soon. Let's continue with verse 7 look i am coming soon blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book now verse seven that's uh the verse that includes the words of jesus christ if you're looking at a red letter bible those words will all appear in uh red font because those are the words of jesus christ so what does jesus say Now we're at the end of the book of Revelation and its formal conclusion. Again, Jesus says, look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. So first in verse 6, we heard from the angel of the Lord who showed John the Revelator the prophecies. The prophecies begin with chapter 5, verse 1, and they end with verse 5, chapter 6. Then in verse 7 of chapter 22, we hear from Jesus. Now in verse 8, we're going to hear from John. Here's verse 8. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. Let's pause there. What are all these things that he saw? He saw 12 things. Visions that were external to himself. I'm hoping to go to the movies to watch Napoleon. Uh, Next year, uh, we're going to go watch Planet of the Apes. So these are moving pictures with sound. John the Revelator had the same experience. He saw moving pictures with sound. Visions that were external to himself. He didn't go to his local AMC theater, though. He didn't go to his local AMC theater. He was in heaven where the angel of the Lord showed him these moving pictures with sound. And so when he says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things, he's talking about the visions that the angel showed him. The same visions uh, referred to in Revelation Chapter 1, where it says Jesus instructed an angel of the Lord to show John the Revelator things to come. Okay. So and John tells us, and when I heard and saw them, talking about these moving pictures with sound, these visions, these documentaries about future events, soon coming events, he says, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. He continues in verse 9. But he said, talking about the angel, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Then he instructed me. So here's what the angel instructed John at the very end after he has seen these 12 documentaries about future events verse 10 says then he instructed me and here's the angel's instruction do not seal up the prophetic words in this book for the time is near let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm let the one who is vile continue to be vile let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously let the one who is holy continue to be holy So the angel's talking again in verses 10 and 11. John tells us what the angel said to him. So the angel said, don't seal up these prophetic words. So it's interesting, in Daniel, he was shown, keep this a secret in Daniel chapter 12. Seal this thing up. Keep this a secret for later. But John the Revelator was told by the angel of the Lord, do not. Seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Now, in verse 12, Jesus is talking again. Here's what he says in verses 12 and 13. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So Jesus Christ confirms that he's coming soon. He said it earlier in the conclusion. That's the first thing he said, look, I'm coming uh, soon. And then now again he says the same thing. Look, I am coming soon. Now he adds something interesting. When he comes, he's bringing his reward to pay Uh, Repay all people according to their deeds Now he says my reward with me So a reward is something good A punishment is something bad In Daniel chapter 12 He's told that when he is resurrected At the end of the 1,335 days He will get his inheritance, the part that has been set aside for him. In other words, his reward. So not only Daniel, but every person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life has had all of his or her sins blotted out, and what is coming for those who are the sheep, those who are the good fish who are kept, those who are the wheat who participate in the harvest. Uh, It's an evaluation for the purposes of determining to what extent any reward, if any, is due. To what extent, if any, is a reward due. So those who have earned the rewards of God will receive them when Jesus Christ returns. Now let's continue in verse 14. This is information about what is to come. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all who love to live a lie. Now, this is interesting. Note that when Jesus Christ returns, the first thousand years are a transition period. During that transition period, often referred to as the millennial reign, there will be those who are members of the royal race, in other words, Those of us who have transitioned from mortality to immortality, we have put on our incorruptible bodies, but there will also be mortals. And some, I don't know what number or what percentage, I don't see in the book of Revelation or elsewhere in the Bible where that's reported, but some number of those mortals will be, as you just heard here, sorcerers sexually immoral, murderers, idol worshippers, and they will love to live a lie. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. When Jesus returns and he fights and wins the battle of Armageddon, then everything's done. No, it isn't. No, it isn't, friend. Everything's not done when Jesus Christ returns. He will fight and win the battle of Armageddon. And as revealed in the marriage supper prophecy, 100% of those in the enemy armies as well as the Antichrist and the false prophet, 100% of them will die. So the Antichrist and the false prophet will experience the second death. They'll be thrown into the lake of fire. And all who are there, all who are there in Israel to fight against Israel in an attempt to take Israel out, they think they are coming to fight Israel But they're going to find out they're coming to fight Jesus Christ. 100% of them are going to die, and the blood will flow for 180 miles, and it will be as high as a horse's bridle. So that's in Revelation chapter 19, uh, verses 20 and 21, as well as the end of Revelation chapter 14. The blood will flow for 180 miles. However, the Battle of Armageddon is local. It's not global. It's local. It's local. What does that mean? There will be people in other places, other nations, who survived the Battle of Armageddon because they didn't participate in the Battle of Armageddon. They were not a part of the enemy armies. They were not there to annihilate Israel. Now, we do hear in some of the books of the Minor Prophets, for example, in Zechariah, uh, that Jesus will send plagues back to those nations that did send armies. So, Uh, individuals who are connected to nations that actively come against Israel uh, for the purposes of defeating Israel during the Battle of Armageddon, individuals in those nations, many of them will suffer. They will suffer because Jesus is going to send plagues back to those nations. However, uh, many individuals who fail to participate in the first resurrection, they will continue in their mortal bodies, presumably they will be uh, permitted to uh, procreate, and when they procreate, their sons and daughters will be born in uh, their image or the image of the beast, so the image of Adam rather than the image of God, or the image of beast, perhaps both, but they will not be in the image of God, and some number of those individuals uh, They will be, and here we hear it in verse 15, outside the city. So when Jesus comes back and he fights and wins the battle of Armageddon, he puts down the governments of man and establishes the government of God. In Isaiah chapter 9 it says, And of the increase of his government and his peace there shall be no end. So his government begins immediately, immediately when he fights and wins the battle of Armageddon. although those individuals who fail to participate in the first resurrection will not be permitted to enter Jerusalem ever again. They will be permitted to dwell on the earth for some time. So that's why it says in verse 15, outside the city. What city are we talking about? We're talking about Jerusalem. Outside, we're talking about present Jerusalem. When Jesus returns, what's going to happen? Outside the city are the dogs. Now, we're not talking about your, um, your Shih Tzu or, uh, you know, your beautiful poodle. Or We're not talking about an actual dog, okay? It's described here, outside the city are the dogs. And then we're told, who were the dogs? And then it says, the sorcerers. So these are all the people who are psychics, they, pac- they practice witchcraft, um, they do ancestor worship, palmistry, astrology, all that. So these individuals will never, ever be permitted to enter Jerusalem again. It says, outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, so all of those who are uh, engaged in I- illicit and inappropriate sexual acts. The sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all who love to live a lie. So in verse 14 it says, blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Only only those who are members of the royal race, those are the individuals who wash their, their robes. And it is only uh, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life who will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city. Now, let's continue. Verse 16. We're going to hear from Jesus again. Here's what he says. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. Let's pause there. Now, what's the message? The book of Revelation has six parts. We're in the conclusion to help us get context. for. We're going to look at part five next. We're counting down from the end to the beginning He says again, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. Now, what message did the angel specifically give to John? He gave John, he showed John 12 visions. So these were not, uh, John didn't go to sleep and he had a a dream. He wasn't standing up and then he had a, a waking dream. An angel showed John external visions to himself that were not created by John. John did not generate these visions, these moving pictures with sound. They were generated by God the Father, and God the Father told Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ instructed the angel to show John these visions. So Jesus uh, says here that he sent his angel to give the message for the churches, so that's for us, those who are believers in Jesus Christ. Then Jesus says, continuing in verse sixteen, I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. so how is he the source of David? Um, he's the beginning and the end. Okay, verse 17 says, the Spirit and – so now we're hearing information, just information. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds, anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. So that's the third time we hear Jesus Uh, say this what does he say i am coming soon then it says amen come lord jesus may the grace of the lord jesus be with god's holy people so that's the end of the book of revelation we're counting down from the end to the beginning of the book of revelation that was part six is formal conclusion we heard from the angel of the lord who shows john the revelator the bulk of the book of revelation which is John's uh, putting down with pencil and paper, if you will, John's writing down his uh, written report of 12 visions that he was shown when he was in heaven. So he writes down everything he heard and saw. Uh, We hear from the angel who showed him these visions. We hear from John the Revelator himself, and we hear from Jesus Christ. Now, let us go to part Five of the book of Revelation So part five is The bulk of the book of Revelation These are the Actual visions uh, John the Revelator Was shown So By my analysis My perception Is that there are twelve Visions John the Revelator Was shown Now there are a lot of different teachings on this Um you know, I, uh, the Bible school that I attended had uh, another teaching about how many and exactly how they're organized and uh, things like that. I have uh, been very prayerful and have been studying the book of Revelation. I'm a sheep. It, w- without God, I cannot make sense of these things. I have to hear from the Lord. The book of Revelation is a very complex book. Uh, I'm... Please that God has given me, I believe, the assignment to teach on the book of Revelation. So I've been following his instructions, and I believe my perception is that God has shown me that there are 12 documentaries in the book of Revelation. So they begin with verse 1 of chapter 5, and they end with verse 5 of chapter 12. The first one is – actually, let me go backwards. The last one, which we're going to talk about today because we're counting down from the end to the beginning. The last one is the New Earth Prophecy. That's all about the New Earth. The 11th one is the Dead Judge Prophecy. That's about the Great White Throne Judgment. The 10th documentary, John, the Revelator, was shown by the Angel of the Lord is the Millennial Reign Documentary. The ninth is the Marriage Supper Prophecy that's all about the Battle of Armageddon. The eighth is the Purple and Scarlet documentary. So that's all about what happens to the Harlot Church, what happens to the Harlot Church uh, at the end, uh, right before the Battle of Armageddon. The seventh documentary, John the Revelator, was shown is the seven final plagues prophecy. uh, That's all about the wrath of God. So the wrath of God is unleashed. It is unleashed after the wrath of Satan, uh, and it's the seven final plagues. Documentary number six, John the Revelator, was shown is the Earth Reaped documentary. This is about uh, primarily the... First resurrection, in other words, the marriage of the Lamb. The fifth documentary is the one hundred forty-four thousand first fruits documentary. This prophecy is about what happens to the remnant. What happens when all Israel is saved and uh, participates in the marriage of the Lamb in the First resurrection the fourth documentary is the 666 Antichrist prophecy that is a report of what are the actions of the Antichrist and the false prophet during the Great Tribulation how long is the Great Tribulation that's the fourth documentary the 666 Antichrist documentary the third is the 1260 days documentary what happens to Israel during the Great Tribulation that's the 1,260 days prophecy. The second prophecy is the seven trumpets prophecy. The first is the seven seals prophecy. So that these 12 documentaries, they were moving pictures with sound visions. John the Revelator was shown. I'm referring to them as documentaries because they document soon coming future realities. Soon coming future reality So these were Movies that Included uh, Fictional uh, uh, Fictionalized aspects Or uh, fictitious Characters Every prophecy in the book of Revelation Is genuine, authentic And sure to come to pass So Again, this is part five Of the book of Revelation We're going to focus on today the new earth prophecy and as i was uh praying about lord what what do you want me to focus on today uh i was led to talking about his home so ever if you've ever thought about buying a new house or a new condo, or getting a new apartment, maybe you were really excited about it and you were looking forward to the pool you were going to have or the man cave you were going to have or the beautiful kitchen you were going to have. So there are things that are important to each of us with respect to our living accommodations, there are likes and dislikes that we have, things that we enjoy, things that we want. Well, when we hear the new earth prophecy, very interestingly we have a report we have a report of the New Jerusalem and it's described in a very interesting way. So we're going to go to the New Earth Prophecy, which is, which begins with Revelation chapter 21 and ends with verse 5 of chapter 22. And we're going to go to the description of uh, the physical description of the New Jerusalem. In other words... Let us focus on the reality of God the Father dwelling in a physical location on a physical earth. So today God the Father sits on the throne in heaven, and Jesus sits uh, at the right hand of the Father. That's today in present heaven. But in the future, after the end of the world, when we are in eternity future, God the Father will live on the new earth in a physical location. And that physical location is described in a very interesting way. And it says here uh, in Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21, Thank you for your patience as I go to verse 2 of Revelation 21. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Now, listen, it says like a bride, not that the city is the bride. It says, I saw the holy city, talking about the new Jerusalem. So the new Jerusalem, I believe, is used to distinguish uh, this city from present-day Jerusalem. So it's going to be in the same location. It's going to be larger, but in the same location as the present Jerusalem, but it's new. And it comes down from God. So God sends, he sends a city from heaven to the new earth. So it literally descends from the sky, descends from heaven, reaches the, uh, the atmosphere of the sky, and then it's going to plop down onto the new earth. And it says that this city is like a bride beautifully dressed. Now, if you were going to buy a house, I'm guessing it would be beautiful. Now, beautiful for me, all the walls would be a cheerful hue, yellow color. You know, I like the circular driveway. I like white baseboards. That's beautiful for me. Maybe beautiful for you is you like uh, blue walls or you like – pavers, maybe you want a three-car garage, maybe, you know, we all have our likes and, and dislikes. God is going to, uh, God has created a city that reflects his likes, and he's telling us about it here in a New Earth Prophecy. We get to hear about it. Um, okay, now we're going to go to... Now we're going to go to verse 10. It says, So he took me in the spirit, talking about one of the seven angels noted in verse 9. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now, between verses uh, 3 and 9, there's more information, but we're focused today on the reality of the new jerusalem the physical location that god the father is going to live in so it says so he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city jerusalem descending out of heaven from god it shone with the glory of god and sparkled like a precious stone like jasper as clear as crystal let's pause there for a second today i was traveling i was out and about and there was this um, interesting building that had some kind of glass that is like really reflective. I, I noticed it. It has like five sort of five pillars that are all together and it's very interesting. Um, I love the way it's sparkly. Now listen to this. It says that this city in its entirety sparkles like a precious stone. So if you think about the Cinderella fairy tale, it talks about the glass slippers and how they were so sparkly. Well, now we hear about uh, an entire city shining with the glory of God and sparkling, sparkling, literally, like a precious stone, and it says, like jasper, as clear as crystal. Now, this is not a metaphor. This is not a fantasy. This is not um, science fiction. This is science fact. Every prophecy in the Book of Revelation is short to pass, sure to come to pass. Let's hear more. Verse twelve says, the city wall was broad and high. Okay, so the city has a wall. Then it says, with twelve gates guarded by twelve. Angels. So if you live in a fancy gated community, maybe you have one or two guards. This is beyond a fancy gated community. (laughs) The New Jerusalem has 12 guards. (laughs) And these guards are angels. And there are 12 gates. And each gate is guarded. God has security. God has security. 12 angels are guarding his city. So, uh he's going to dwell in a gated community called the New Jerusalem. There're 12 guards, and these guards are angels. Then it says, "And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates." Okay, so on these gates are names. Now, some people have talked about, "Oh, this is just a metaphor." This is not a metaphor. Listen to the specificity. Listen to the specificity. This is like if you were going and you were going to get a new home built from scratch and you're telling the builder everything you want, the color countertops that you want, the color carpet you want, what kind of wood you want in the living room, Uh, you're giving all these Details because you're into it and you're excited about your new home. God's excited about His new home, this holy city, this gated community. Okay. Then it says there were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. So we already knew there were twelve gates. Now we know how they're um, how it works. Three of the gates are on the east side. Three are on the north side. Three are on the east and three are on the west. Then it says. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones. So we already knew that it's a gated community, so the entire city has a gigantic broad gate around it. Now we learn that uh, this wall that goes around the city has foundation stones, and that there are 12 of them, then it says, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now that's interesting. God is going to commemorate the foundational role that the 12 apostles played in him getting his forever family. So some people say, well, what is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to give each person the opportunity to become a part of the forever family of God. That's the whole purpose of time. The purpose of time was to create a finite opportunity for seed to be planted and for those seeds to yield a harvest. What's the harvest? It's God's forever family. God's forever family, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, those who will marry, marry Jesus Christ, marry God manifest in the flesh. In other words, we will be forever with him when we participate in the first resurrection. He will be our God, our Father, and we will be his children forever and ever. He's going to live with us. Now let's hear about uh Where he's going to live. We just heard 12 foundation stones. So the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So their work is forever commemorated um, on these foundation stones, and on the foundation stones are the 12 walls. Then it says in verse 15 the angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates and its wall. Now, that's interesting. So um, some cities are very large. I want to look up just for informational purposes. Um, so the biggest, the biggest city I've ever been to is New York City. Um, I lived there some years ago. It says New York City's total area is 468 square miles, Uh, approximately 468.9 square miles. Manhattan is 13.4 miles in length. That's where I lived, 2.3 miles in width. Okay, so Manhattan, which to me seems like a really big city, 13 miles in length, 2.3 miles in width. Now, I'm curious, how big is Johannesburg? Uh, the dimensions of Johannesburg, it says 1,296 square miles. Okay. Now, let's hear about uh, the size of This gated community, the New Jerusalem, verse 15 says, The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. So this city is 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long, and 1,400 miles high. Now today, the city of Jerusalem, it says, is looking up uh, current Jerusalem. It says the city of Jerusalem currently is 48 square miles. Um, and we're told elsewhere in the Bible about, um, in the books of the minor prophets, ha- about how uh, the city is going to be extended when Jesus Christ uh, comes back, and we're given some specifics about that. But here in the book of Revelation, we find out on the new earth that this city is 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles by 1,400 miles. And listen to this. So in the USA, we keep talking about this wall. Who knows what, if anything, is going to happen with it, but this is a major wall. So for God's gated community, his wall is 216 feet thick. (laughs) Nothing's getting through that thing. (laughs) 216 feet thick, and he has 12 security guards. He has 12 gates, and there's an angel guarding each gate, and the, the wall is broad, and it's thick, 216 feet thick. Now, in my mind, a wall that is like three feet thick is very thick. I would think if it was like twenty feet thick, like wow, nothing's gonna get through it. Two hundred sixteen feet thick. Let's keep going. Now more about this wall. In verse eighteen it says, The wall was made of jasper. Okay, so this is not an ugly um wall made of just like like limestone. Which limestone can maybe be attractive. But this is not, not a, a a wall that's basic. So this is an amazing wall made of jewels. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. Listen, God has all the upgrades. You know, I talked about if you were getting your house built by a local builder, and you'd say, oh, I'm getting the granite, or, oh, maybe I'll just get the wooden, or, you know, they have these different levels of carpet. You know, you can get this size window. Oh, are you going to get the bay window? Are you going to get, so all these extras. Well, what are the extras that God is getting? So he's getting a 216-feet thick wall around his gated community, the New Jerusalem, and his wall is going to be made of jasper, and the city itself is pure gold. (laughs) It's pure gold. Um, And it says, as clear as glass. Now, some people might say, um, how does it look like glass? Some people might say, how does it look like glass if it's pure gold? Um, And I am looking, I'm looking to see if I can find a description I have heard folks talk about uh talk about this. Okay, I wish I had a picture that we could look at. Um maybe on a future broadcast. Okay, so the city itself is pure gold. So this is beyond you know, this is beyond The grandest palace that has ever existed This is beyond what they had in Thebes This is beyond what existed If you believe in Atlantis I don't know whether I do or not If you believe in that It's beyond Atlantis It's beyond, you know, Mar-a-Lago It's beyond the White House It's beyond the fanciest uh, Celebrities uh, Home in Malibu it's beyond what the the princes in Saudi Arabia have. This entire city is pure gold. Now let's hear it again. Verse 18 says, The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold. Now you might say, why does John say was? So the angel of the Lord is showing John the Revelator documentaries about the future. But note that, all time exists within God. So the past, present, and future exists within God. God is outside of time because time is within God. Time is inside of God. So it has already happened. Now, we experience time, I think most of us, for the most part, experience time in a linear fashion. Right? So there are events that happen before this present moment, this is what's happening now, and then there are things to come in our future. But for God, uh, he he can be in an experience any point in time. He's not limited. So when he created these documentaries for John the Revelator to see, he can do that because he's already been there in the future. So John is reporting what he saw. And he was allowed to see a documentary about something that's coming up in the future. So what else does it say? Continuing in verse 19, the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. Now, we already knew that the wall had 12 foundation stones. But the the new thing we learned in this verse is each of the 12 foundation stones, remember, um, those have the names of the 12 apostles, but each of the 12 foundation stones is inlaid with 12 precious stones. Wow. Now, what are those 12 precious stones? The first was jasper, the second, sapphire, the third, agate, the fourth, emerald, the fifth, onyx, the sixth, carnelian, the seventh, chrysolite, the eighth, barrel, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. Okay, so if you're looking at it, uh, if you're looking at the foundation uh, stones, each foundation stone is inlaid with a precious stone. So often when we have an engagement ring or a wedding ring uh or other ring there's some kind of precious stone in it maybe it's topaz or a diamond or uh an amethyst or an onyx one of these things here carnelian i like the carnelian that's a beautiful stone in the topaz i listen god has all the upgrades he has all the upgrades For his home Now this is very exciting What else Verse 21 says the 12 gates Okay so we've heard about the wall How it's 216 feet thick And it's built on the 12 foundation stones And each foundation stone Is inlaid with a precious stone Now we're going back to the gates More details on the gates Verse 21 says the 12 gates were made of pearls Each gate from a single pearl Wow. So these 12 gates, remember there's three on the north side, three on the east, three on the west, three on the south. So all of the gates, and there are 12 of them, are made from pearls. So there were 12 ginormous. I know that's not a word. (laughs) There were 12 enormous, 12 gigantic pearls that were utilized to create these 12 gates. Now, I'm saying that. I don't really know how the the pearl was generated. I have no idea. Uh, but it says each gate from a single pearl. So it is from a single pearl, uh We're not told exactly how that worked, each gate from a single pearl. Then it says, and the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. So the city was pure gold, and then we're told more details, the main street in the city is pure gold as well. Now, where I live, the streets are made of tar. (laughs) That's not negative, you know. It's smooth. I'm grateful for the, the smooth. Uh, streets that allow me to drive my vehicle and um, have it be a comfortable ride, and um, I praise God for that. But how much better is it going to be when you and I are cruising down the main street in the New Jerusalem, which is here gold? God is upgrading, and we will be upgrading right along with him. Uh Praise the Lord. So as you continue in verses uh, 22 to 27, um, we have more information about the experiences of the city, but uh, we don't have any more description of the city itself, but some interesting things about it, some interesting things. So we already heard in the formal conclusion that the dogs won't be allowed to enter it. So who are the dogs? Witchcraft folks, sexually immoral folks, people who love to live a lie, um, and on and on like that. And you might say, well, wait a minute, when Jesus comes, all those people are, are going to hell, not right away, not right away. So remember, during uh, the millennial reign, They are there until we get to the new earth. But here we are in the new earth prophecy. Here we are in the new earth prophecy. Now, what does it say? Uh, Verse 27, Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me make a point of clarification here. No person... Who is, Whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life Will ever be permitted to enter Jerusalem again Once Jesus Christ fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon However, we don't get to the New Jerusalem Until after the Great White Throne Judgment In other words, once all of God's five enemies are defeated And they're all destroyed By being thrown into the lake of fire, it it doesn't all happen at once, right? First, the Antichrist and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire. That's at the Battle of Armageddon. A thousand years later, Satan's thrown into the lake of fire. Shortly thereafter, at the great white throne judgment, Satan's children and death and the grave are thrown into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. Then we come to the end of the world. And when we come to the end of of the world, everything goes through a holy fire and we get a new earth and new heavens. Okay, at that point, when we're here in the timing of the new earth prophecy, that's when, once we get the new earth, that's when the new Jerusalem descends from heaven. God sends it and it arrives and it merges right onto the new earth. In the exact location that it is supposed to Which is Israel So we just heard Parts of the New Earth Prophecy By the way The one page basic study notes Are available for you um, Always there are one page Basic study notes that accompany Our talk here About the book of Revelation You can go to blogtalkradio.com Forward slash live prophetic Blogtalkradio.com Forward slash live prophetic For the basic study notes so we heard the new earth prophecy um parts of it and again it begins with verse one of chapter 21 and it ends with verse five of chapter 22 it's part of part five of the book of revelation which are the prophecies in the book of revelation what the angel of the lord showed john the revelator let us go to part four of the book of revelation we're counting down we're going from uh The end to the beginning, part four of the book of Revelation is John's report on heaven. So John wasn't shown the New Earth prophecy or any of these other prophecies. He was not shown the New Earth documentary. I'm using those words interchangeably. So he watched a documentary, but when he wrote that down, right, his report of it is often referred to as a prophecy. But we're talking about exactly the same thing. So he didn't watch the New Earth documentary, like I said earlier, at his local AMC theater. He watched it in heaven. He watched it in heaven. So in part four of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter four, we hear about how he was called up to heaven. So like you and I are right here on this present earth. He was on this present earth, like you and I were in a mortal body. He was in his mortal body. Yet he heard a voice. What voice? The voice of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ called him up, and there he went. And why was he called up to heaven? For the purpose of seeing these documentaries. But interestingly, he gives us a report, 11 verses about what he saw, How he was called up to heaven and what he saw, here's what he says, part four of the book of Revelation. John, in his own words, says, Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them they were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder and in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames this is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. Now what are we hearing here? Today there's a present heaven. It's the same heaven John the Revelator visited. Now he didn't decide, Oh, let me visit heaven and I'm just gonna go there. No. Jesus Christ instructed him, commanded him to come up here. And he uh followed that instruction. Uh, Jesus made it happen when he arrives there, he sees what's there in that physical location, and so that's what we're hearing. We're hearing his report on heaven now he wasn't given a grand tour of heaven as far as we can tell from this. He tells us what he saw just in a few verses, chapter four, John's report on heaven is only eleven verses. Then he gets to the point of it what the angel showed him, right. The the documentaries about the future That's really the point of it But if you're nosy or curious And I am Maybe you are too Maybe you want to know What does heaven look like Well, again He wasn't given a tour of heaven As far as we can tell But he tells us what he saw Let's continue In the center and around the throne Were four living beings Each covered with eyes Front and back The first of these living beings Was like a lion The second was like an ox The third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and is who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. So he's talking about God the Father there. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say. Okay, so so far we've heard that there are 24 elders. So God the Father, he sees God the Father sitting on the throne and then he also sees, uh, he describes what the throne looks like. He sees 24 individuals that he reports that they are elders, 24 people also there with God the Father, and they're enthroned thrones that, that surround his. Um, then he sees these four, he refers to them as living beings, And they have an unusual appearance, and what they do is day and night they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Praise God. Then he says that the 24 elders fall down and worship God the Father who's sitting on the throne. Okay, and then at the end, verse 11, it says, um, this is what the elders say. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. So in his experience of heaven, he saw creation worshiping God. What creation? The 24 elders, these four living beings. So what are they doing in heaven? They're worshiping God. They're celebrating God. They're enjoying God. They're singing and praising. Hallelujah. Now, that's part four of the book of Revelation. What's part three? Part three has to do with things in our past. So we're going to hear that in part two, John the Revelator was given a two-part instruction. Number one, he was told to write down the things that are happening and the things to come. So we've already heard about the things to come. That's in Part 5 of the Book of Revelation. But in Part 3, he writes about the things that are happening. So what was happening in John's day? In other words, when he was alive on our present earth, dwelling in a mortal body, just like the mortal body that you dwell in and the mortal body I dwell in, we're in uh, Version 1 of our earth suit, version 1, the corruptible version, the inferior version of our earth suit, our our tent, as the Bible refers to it. At that time, there were seven churches on the earth, and uh, Jesus Christ had words of praise for some of the churches, words of criticism for some of the churches, and he had words of promise. all of them and so part three of the book of revelation if you use a red letter bible it's only the words of jesus christ so each church had its own prophetic word from jesus and the word was to be given to an angel of the lord uh to take to that church the angel assigned to it and so that's what we have in part Um, Part 3 of the book of Revelation, the seven letters to the seven churches. Now, the words of promise are the same for us today, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we are in Christ and we are victorious, all the promises that held true for them hold true for us. So there's relevance for us today. But those seven letters to seven churches were specifically written for those individuals at that time in other words uh jesus was talking to them about what was going on with them right then part two of the book of revelation now we're almost at the beginning chapter one has two parts part two is the formal introduction the formal introduction so the formal introduction for the book of revelation is chapter one verses 9 to 20 verses 9 to 20 and so here we have the beginning of john's experience with the book of revelation he tells us about how he was on the island of patmos and he was there not because he's on vacation (laughs) he wasn't there on vacation you know i think about I want to go to Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. A uh, beautiful island. I don't know if Patmos was a beautiful island or not. But he was not on vacation, unfortunately. He was in exile because he had been preaching the Word of God and giving testimony about Jesus Christ. And he tells us that as he was in exile on this island, he had a supernatural experience. Specifically, Jesus Christ visited him on the island of Patmos, and he talks about how Jesus had uh, eyes like flames of fire, and his hair was, uh, He's he wore a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. And um, how do you say, how do we know it's Jesus Christ? Verse 16, a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. This is the same sharp two-edged sword that John the Revelator later sees Jesus used to uh, annihilate the armies led by the Antichrist during the Battle of Armageddon. So Jesus Christ is the person who has the sharp two-edged sword that comes from his mouth. Um, but there are other descriptors here, too. talks about his hair being white like wool and as white as snow. And... Um, Jesus identifies himself in verse 18, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. And Jesus gives him this instruction. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are happening now and the things that will happen. So that's part two of the book of Revelation. uh, It's formal introduction, verses 9 to 20. Now we're counting down from the end to the beginning, part one. What is part one of the book of Revelation? How does it start, verses one to eight? Well, we have God the Father, an omniscient narrator, an omniscient narrator telling us about the book of Revelation. So it's an omniscient narrator uh Obviously, Jesus Christ is omniscient, all-knowing, uh, but this preface is not written by Jesus Christ. It's written, uh, it comes from, it's written by John the Revelator, put it down to paper, but who, where are the words from? Uh, it's an omniscient narrator, uh, and and what's in here? It tells us exactly what is the book of Revelation, and in a nutshell, It's a report of the revealing of Jesus Christ to the entire world. Now, when Jesus Christ came the first time, he came as the Lamb of God. But the second time he comes, he's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Today, there are those who do not accept Jesus Christ. In other words, they refuse to believe that he is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Well, when he returns the second time, no one will refuse to believe uh, that he is who he is. Um, he, the, the truth of his identity will be revealed to all. So in this preface for the book of Revelation, uh, some versions of the Bible refer to it as a prologue. Here's what it says. And again, it's a description of what exactly is the revelation. What is the revelation? It says, This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. Then we're told, this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is who always was and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. So grace is coming from God the Father, from the Holy Spirit, and from Jesus Christ. It says, he is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. So Jesus Christ is identified here. How is he identified? It says that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. Now, when is Jesus going to be ruler? When he returns at time two. When he returns for the second time at his second coming, again, he's going to put down the governments of man and establish the government of God. Isaiah chapter 9 says, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. So, again, the government of God is coming to this present earth very soon. Then it says, all glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty one. So that is the preface or prologue, if you will, for the book of Revelation. That is part one. I want to thank you for being with me and with us. We're going to continue on Thursday talking about uh, the book of Revelation. It'll be our last talk on the New Earth Prophecy. I hope that you'll be with me and with us again every Sunday at... 12 noon Texas time, and on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Texas time, we're unlocking the secrets of the book of Revelation by the grace of God. I want to thank you for being here again with me and with us. You can text in your comments or questions. To one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. 505 8719 Comments or questions about the book of Revelation Please send them in to uh, Prophet Randy Chandler He'll share them with me Nicole, your book of Revelation research scientist You can do that Twenty four seven one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. 1214-505-8719 Also, if you have a prayer request Feel free to share your prayer request It will be my uh, pleasure to pray with you And for you you can do that during the live internet broadcast or by uh, text. Our phone number during the live internet broadcast is one three one nine five two seven zero six zero two seven. Again, that's one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. Thank you, friend and truth seeker, for being with me and with us today. If you haven't done so yet, I encourage you, according to Jeremiah 33:3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friend and truth seeker, God bless you.